0: Welcome to I Love That For You, the podcast celebrating the late bloomers and trailblazers of all walks of life. I'm Red.
1: And I'm Kelly.
0: And I'm still stressed.
1: (laughs) You today were the most unhinged I've ever seen. (laughs) Take a breath, honey. My I know. I know what is
0: going on. At the time of this recording, I am approaching my first set of finals for school and Kelly has unfortunately witnessed the stress that (laughs) I am under because in school even though it is a makeup artistry school we are learning the basics of hairstyling in order to be able to provide both. It's going to be great in the future to be able to provide bridal hair. We can do different styles for fashion and things like that. So this kind of serves as the basis for everything else we're about to learn because we're going to style the hair along with whatever makeup looks we create. However, I knew that was coming. (laughs) The amount of times I have burned myself, gotten frustrated, (laughs) I have tied knots into hair, and we are about to start practicing on each other, which means I'm about to burn some people and get burned. Everyone in my class, we call classes hordes, because you kind of go together, but depending on up to what point within the course you're taking till, people will drop off as they complete their section, and they're not continuing onward, so they're just complete at one point. So there's the Complete, which is all the way through, and I am just doing comprehensive. Meaning, I'm not taking the last section because that section is focused on creature design, which is very, very cool, but not entirely what I want to do. Do So, so, (laughs) yeah, he does creature design, but he's also doing prosthetics, which is more of what I want to do. But that happens before that. Like creature design is all those different pieces: makeup, hair, like special effects, all that stuff comes together. So it builds to that, which again, super cool. Just not ultimately what I want to do. It's been really great so far though. It's just been really stressful because basically this upcoming final includes a written exam, a practical exam, a project that includes a mood board, instructions, live creation in class, plus a presentation. So
1: I just got nervous and sweaty <laughs> hearing all of those things. My God, I feel like I'm back in like school, elementary school. Because I am
0: back in school and it's, and I, after being away for so long, it's oh, a bit of a rude awakening to come back to it. Also, the other thing too is thankfully there's a big range in the class. Not only are they different ages, different genders, but everybody is also different backgrounds. I'm not the only, I mean, it's the US, it's not that international, but there's 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 other people from Costa Rica, there's people from Brazil, people are coming from all over for this class. It's really interesting, but it's also that whole awkward thing too of like, oh, how do you make friendships at this point in our lives? Ah...
1: I see where you're going with this. Uh (laughs)
0: Uh-huh.
1: We're going back to the episode that launched our careers, right? Yes, exactly. (laughs) Number Uh, one.
0: Number one. And that is because this month we are exploring relationships of all kinds. We have a whole lot of stuff lined up this month that I'm really excited, even though it is the shortest month. We managed to jam-pack quite a bit in here. Yeah, (laughs) I'll say. Also why? Adding (laughs) to... me and stressing out and yeah, trying to seriously. make sure i'm also doing justice to all these different things because kelly i'm so grateful for our friendship because yeah. you have been literally seeing me at my absolute insanity and stressing oh. out so i want to tell this story i had an interaction with another podcaster and i'm not gonna say uh-huh. who. oh uh- Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) Dead to me, by the way. (laughs) No,
0: it's not that, because they're on a podcast with a few other people, and I'm not going to say who they are, Mm -hmm. what podcast. DM me, and I'll tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Stop it. Stop it, because again, I don't want to start anything with that. I love their podcast, but they accidentally made a little mistake. And it's totally understandable because they cited an incident that happened in my home state as being in New York. And to be honest, just about everyone and their mother at some point has said to me, oh, Rhode Island, that's part of New York, right? He's like, no, it's it's a state. It's And again, we're the smallest one. We get it. It happens all the time. But this was a incident that was actually like International. I don't know if people heard about the station nightclub fire. I know we were getting calls from relatives in Canada when it happened because I was in high school at the time. And so they were concerned, like some of us were actually there. And I do know people who lost family members, friends in that nightclub during that fire. And it caused a huge amount of change to how nightclubs and other buildings like that are structured and things like that. And there was a, a lot of tragedy that came out of it. And, you know, so it's a big thing, but it's also an understandably not big thing to be like, oh, I said the wrong state. Mm. It's a little, you know, like, oh, hey, like, I know we're small, but we're still here. And this was a big thing for us. And I have a, I wouldn't say a close friendship with this person, but the person, I feel comfortable enough to be like, oh, hey, like, I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. Which
1: is and- even worse. It's even more no, good.
0: I mean, maybe, depending. Yeah, but... I'd
1: rather you be mad and I'd rather you not be disappointed in me. So I wonder how
0: this, <laughs> this person but reacts. But also our relationship, you know. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> when I said that, I wasn't trying to be like, oh, you asshole, blah, 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 all this right. other stuff. And the first thing that person did was blame the other people. <sighs> And throw it back. Basically, I'm not going to say because they said the other people's names, but they were like, they said this. Essentially being like, not only dismissing what I'm saying, but also you're throwing your friends under the bus.
1: Ooh, I relate to this. I had a boss at a place that shall not be named that was quick to claim and quick to blame. So this is something that's been on my radar and people and their character and work and life. And this person shall be their character in that
0: moment. Yeah. And that does change your perspective of like, oh, if that's how you treat your friends, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: how are you going to treat other people in your life? Like, and again, I'm not even close to this person. So we kind of cleared things up I didn't expect any real change I just wanted to kind of vent for a second even though it's meant to be more of an entertainment thing they're pretty good about like their facts and their research normally so I was just like oh that was a little disappointing but you know just wanted to let you know but again sometimes I feel like maybe my standards of friendship are a little too high
1: most people will let you down Going back to our first episode, uh, yeah. unfortunately, depending on you know what stage in life you are in, and and good good like ride or dies are really hard to find.
0: Like they seriously. really are. Thankfully, I've been able to find a couple, but I've been through some like sad like friendship heartbreaks. Like I find friendship breakups so much sadder than like a romance breakup. Oh, to be hundred percent,
1: like my best friend from college and I, like I don't talk to her anymore. It's really yeah. sad, and and many others. From- like high school just like you know people grow apart by circumstance or by choice it's it's funny
0: too because I think now like where that would be like a natural thing to happen now it's like oh wait I can just google you true we could social media allows us to still be connected without being connected and that almost feels like more painful at times where it's like oh "Oh, we're like seeing each other's stuff but we're not actually talking I think I've said this before but my policy lately towards friendship has turned into I'm not putting in more energy and effort than what I'm receiving back like obviously there are times where it's like hey i'm going to be there for you and support you even though you can't be there because you're going through stuff but if it keeps happening where it's like nothing's wrong but you're just not you know you're not really responding you're not really
1: yeah
0: i'm just not putting that energy in now again i'm not saying i'm mad at this person i'm just like the door is open when you're ready to come and like hey let's talk or you want to put that energy back into it the door is there it's open, but I'm just not going to be the one constantly running through it trying to get your attention anymore. Ugh,
1: I relate to that again so much. Yeah. I had two friends in my mid-twenties, when I was like first coming out here, really, and they were like my best friends they were like a trio and one of them lived like way across town from me and I found myself always going there like making plans and she was like I don't know like six years older than me which whatever who cares but I don't know if that had something to do with a different stage in her life but she would always make me come to her and like I would make the plans and I would reach out and one day I just had to like call it quits with her and we were at a different stage in our life well, real it's quick.
0: hard too because you yeah. want to be supportive of your friends but as we say- like people go through changes people go through big life events and you try and be there and be supportive and understanding as things change so
1: volunteers not recruits is something I'm now using in life and work and friendships and relationships volunteers not recruits people
0: elaborate on that so that people know what you mean
1: so that means for instance like projects like scripts like it's hard to sell a project but like I'm also always looking for like a good team of like a new manager and a new agent they're very hard to come by red some of them i I'll, you know, reach out to you and they'll be like, yeah, 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 I'll, I'll get to it. I'll, I'll read you, yada, yada. And then you follow up like in a respectable time. And then they just keep brushing you off, keep brushing you off, keep brushing you off. And it's like, I want to work with somebody who is equally as excited to work with me and is a champion for me instead of having to recruit this person, like, you know, drag them by the scruff of their neck to like come and help me. No, you should want to be here on your own accord. And that goes with friendships, that goes with relationships, that goes with prof- Professionally, personally, family. And that's the type of people that I want to keep in my life. And that will sometimes get a less in your circle. Your circle will be smaller, but I'd rather have quality over quantity any day. And that's what I found myself in lately. You know, in your twenties, you have like 10,000 friends and then it, it, <laughs> it kind of weeds out as people start to couple up. And then you really hone in on your circle in your late twenties and your thirties. And that's right. where I'm settling now, but I don't know. What about, what about you though?
0: It was making me think it's not to say like, Oh, even though they're in your corner it's going to be perfect all the time i'm just looking at the two of us doing a podcast together will test your friendships (laughs) and there are times when we have been stressed out the deadlines we put on each other yeah, again. And <laughs> I then I, I, can, two days. I can hear Kelly on certain <laughs> days being like, why the fuck did Red say we need to do? Uh, uh, and it's like, like, again, it's because it's also figuring out how we work together and how right, we right. can work towards something together and have both of our creative inputs be put in and respected and understand like we both have two very different styles of doing things and it's so funny because we've seen other sides to each other because like I know for a fact Kelly has always seen me as this very like spontaneous wild child and then she got to do this podcast with me and I am so type A with her and she was like who the (laughs) fuck did she turn into? But It's a good thing because like I
1: thought i was type A until we got this podcast together and I'm like oh, <laughs> Jesus I'm the slack. and you're here. the one who
0: keeps like infusing more of the fun which is so <laughs> funny because normally you're the one be like okay you like let's reel you back and now it's like when did that role reversal happen <laughs> Seriously? and it's so funny the way that that happens but that's what doing things that you believe in together and you never know how that's gonna go it's kind of like when you start living with somebody and you're like oh yes. shit this is how you do dishes yeah. um <laughs>
1: <laughs> so true. Oh, Sean, he loves me.
0: <laughs> Navigating relationships, again, that's why I say I don't close that door on people just because they're, you know, not able to give the energy that I'm hoping for. It's just, again, it's not going to be perfect, and I'm trying to give people that grace, but I can't keep putting out all my energy when I have fingertips to burn off in class going on. like. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you know, I can't keep trying to get everybody to like me and to get everybody to be cheering on when sometimes they need to focus on themselves just as much as I need to focus on my stuff. So I understand where people are coming from and those differences. But I think understanding that is when friendships really can develop into something that's so much more long lasting and so much more understandable when you give each other that grace and coming together when maybe there's actually actually more in common than you realize, because... I wanted to kick off February focusing on a friendship that definitely had common goals, but also some of the most difficult circumstances surrounding it. Because, I mean, with February also being Black History Month, I know there's so many figures that we want to discuss and we want to focus on. And there's some that we know more than others. Obviously, just about everybody is aware of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and Malcolm X. And deservedly so. They deserve to be spoken about for all the work that they did unfortunately the sacrifices that they ultimately made there's so much and there's still so much to do but i wanted to focus on two people that are also well-regarded figures in their own right and their friendship actually emerged in some of the most tragic circumstances and no i'm not talking about malcolm and martin because while they had very different views on how to deal with civil rights issues they still respected each other but did you know they only met one time
1: what what Only (laughs) once.
0: They only met in person one time.
1: Huh. I would never have guessed.
0: I never would have guessed that either. I was just like, wait, what? Because like, you know, you know, civil rights leaders meet and like there was constantly like trying to do different movements around. But yeah, I mean, they were often in different areas of the country. And even though both were working towards that, there's a photo that exists and it's their first and only time they met.
1: Huh. Isn't
0: that wild?
1: It just, you just broke my brain. It doesn't make any sense.
0: Oh, get ready because I have so many more of these fun little things to pepper in. I'm ready. What we are talking about today are actually the two women of the civil rights movement. Now that there weren't others, but I'm focusing on two women who would not only be marching right alongside their husbands for equality, but also kept the fight going after both men were tragically assassinated. So I am speaking, of course, of Coretta Scott Mm -hmm. King and Betty Shabazz. Yes. Yeah. There's so much more to be said about each woman because like they are so fascinating in their own regard. And yes, they're often overshadowed by their husbands because again, their work was so great, but they also were doing so much. So I'm going to do a little background on each woman. Coretta was born Coretta Scott on April 27th, 1927. So twenty-seven, twenty-seven mm-hmm. in Marion, Alabama, another crazy pop-up fact about timelines and history where we don't realize how these things are actually, 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 so you're like, oh, these things happen in two different centuries. And it's like, hold on to your horses right there. (laughs) Because when Coretta was born, her great grandmother was actually the midwife, oh. and this great grandmother was a former slave. Whoa! Within like the nineteen again, I say nineteen hundreds, like it's that long ago. Granted, yeah. yes, it has been like twenty four years, but it seems so wild to me to think like a former slave was delivering Coretta. Like poetic. it is poetic, but it's also like how long that was a part of her history is so fucked up. And, and it isn't that long ago in the grand no, scheme it really of things. Isn't like yeah. t- what
1: is time anymore
0: <laughs> <laughs> i don't know <laughs> uh,
1: yesterday, it was 1999 in my mind
0: so coretta was the third of four children and she was known for her singing violin playing and was even valedictorian of her high school like okay girl
1: get it like, get it girl go off <laughs>
0: no literally go off because she <laughs> would go off to college where she actually got her Thank you. Thank you. I know. That was awesome. That was awesome. (laughs) So she received her BA in music and education from Antioch College in Yellow Springs, Ohio, where she became involved with civil rights movements, joining the NAACP and fighting against the racial discrimination on the school board. All right. Time for another fun side fact. Apparently at this time, she also began babysitting for a local white family in the area. Their last name were the Lithgos. (gasps) Wow. That's right. Coretta Scott King babysat a young John Lithgow.
1: No way. Yeah. Coretta what? Scott King was his babysitter. Like, I'm no. like, wait. <laughs> That's crazy.
0: Right? Like, oh again, timeline-wise, I'm like, what is time anymore? I wouldn't have even, like, I, again, <laughs> I, I know John Lithgow together. is older, but I never would have put, like, him and Coretta are? Scott King in the same oh. house. So, Coretta would actually get a scholarship to further her studies at the New England Conservatory of Music in Boston. So, while she was there, she was introduced to a young Boston University doctoral student. At this time, Mr. Martin Luther King Jr.
1: It's so weird to hear that. Right? Because he hadn't (laughs) gotten his doctorate yet.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Hilariously, I read, and I quote, Although she was not initially attracted to him, the two began to date. I appreciate that honesty. You know what? That's a thing that
1: happens with a lot of couples, I feel like. Right, where it's just
0: like, I don't know if I'm actually that attractive. And then, but when you get to know the person, a relationship can develop. The attraction apparently grew because the two would actually marry in 1953, and they would move down to Montgomery, Alabama, where the now Dr. Martin Luther King would serve as pastor of Dexter Avenue Baptist Church. Meanwhile, Betty was born... Betty Dean Sanders on May 28, 1934 to Ollie Mae Sanders and Shelman Sandlin. Sandlin was 21 years old and Ollie Mae Sanders was a teenager. She would say that she was born in Detroit, where she was raised. But there are reports that say she may have actually been born in Pinehurst, Georgia. Um, it seems like she might have a missing birth certificate, which is also why sometimes it's debated whether she was born in 1934 or 1936. So her huh. age may actually be off by like two years. But again, it's hard to confirm these things without like the documentation. Allegedly, she also may have experienced abuse from her mother, according to what I read. Even if not or if so, she was taken in at the age of 11 by a prominent businessman Lorenzo Malloy and his wife Helen. Helen Malloy was actually a local activist who organized boycotts of stores discriminating against African Americans. So Betty had early exposure to civil rights movements as well. However, she reportedly didn't experience racism as she would later write, race relations were not discussed and it was hoped that by denying the existence of race problems the problems would go away oh, anyone like politicians <laughs> <laughs> anyone who openly discussed race relations was quickly viewed as a troublemaker so There were issues going on, but she just didn't really have the exposure. I mean, her own, I guess you would say, like adoptive mother was organizing things in protest, but she wasn't experiencing firsthand. So because nobody was like kind of telling her what was going on, she kind of had a little bit of like that naivety around what was happening in the world. She was in for a rude awakening when she moved south to study elementary education at Tuskegee Institute, now Tuskegee university in alabama oh boy
1: epicenter (laughs)
0: Yeah. Uh, Apparently, the Jim Crow racism she experienced was so eye-opening. And after two years in 1953, which is also the same year Coretta got married, she left for New York City to go study at the Brooklyn State College School of Nursing in New York City. So while the racism in New York was more overt, she was still deeply affected by these combined experiences, like the open racism that was happening in the South and then the not-so-obvious-but-still-happening racism in new york <sighs> yep during her second year of nursing school betty was actually invited by one of her older nurse's aides to a dinner party at the nation of islam temple in harlem she wasn't really sure about joining the organization but she enjoyed it enough to come the next day and that was when the friend's minister would show up and that was malcolm x <gasps>
1: Ooh, so together, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. so this is
0: what's interesting. She also, so she was attending his services, and they kind of were going on dates. But according to the Nation of Islam, you can't really go on the traditional date. You would go on a like group date with like a dozen other people.
1: What? That was more of a way that... I mean, like, it would
0: be like a group. It wouldn't be well, now he's dating you and these other beautiful bachelorettes. Like, it was just more of these group settings and they would go to museums and it was just a very, like, group kind of dynamic. Betty would end up converting to the Nation of Islam in 1956 and she changed her surname to X to represent the loss of her African ancestry. So that's why Malcolm X is Malcolm X.
1: I did not know this. Right. That's so she why? didn't become
0: Betty X because she married him. She dropped the last name because of that.
1: Well, I had no idea that that's right. Why they did And know. then they
0: got married <gasps> January 14th, 1958. So really it was like, oh wait, uh, like It's it's a very interesting thing to do. And again, it's a statement to be made because wow. this is not my family name. This is the name that was given to me being part of the slave trade and stuff right. like that. Like from my family, putting the X there meant I am taking that back.
1: Got it. Wow. that That's a fact for Jeopardy, guys. Keep that in your back pocket. That's what that means.
0: The other thing, too, is when they were married on January 14th, 1958, they got married in Michigan. By coincidence, the same day is actually when she became a licensed practical nurse, a.k.a. LPN, as well.
1: Oh, no way. So a very big day. A big day. Get it, girl. Right? Right. Love this for
0: you. But as I said, they would eventually become heavily involved with the civil rights movement, but they were kind of overshadowed by their husband's work. I mean, we understand why, because their efforts were so important, but the women were doing so much as well. Coretta, notably, was very involved almost immediately upon moving because she was often organizing and performing in concerts and recitals throughout the South. So she came up and organized a series of freedom concerts that were fundraising efforts to benefit the Southern Christian Leadership Conference, the SCLC, Throughout the 1960s, which was combining poetry, narration, and music to tell the story of the civil rights movement. She also was right alongside her husband. So she took part in the Montgomery bus boycott in 1955. She journeyed to Ghana to mark the nation's independence in 1957. She traveled to India on pilgrimage in 1959 and worked to pass the 1964 Civil Rights Act. Right alongside. So she's there for all <laughs> no of this deal. as well. Yeah. She was known to be a public mediator and she would act as a liaison on to peace and justice organizations there were times when she and martin luther king were both doing separate speeches in different parts of the country
1: very first lady president of them. right <laughs> i love this
0: i may point out she was doing this all while raising two boys and two girls in a home Jesus. constantly targeted by white supremacists including a bombing in 1956
1: at their house yes Somebody
0: bombed their house. I think we failed to understand how dangerous a time this was. You have your First Amendment right to practice the freedom of speech. You have the right to say the injustice they're experiencing, to be vocal about it. And yet for doing so, people are literally attacking them at their homes. Oh my God. I mean, and we're about to see how much worse it gets. While this is happening, Betty was also having a very interesting experience with Malcolm because while he was being a very large voice in the civil rights movement they were also adhering to the nation of islam's traditional marital views he would make the rules and she would follow like that's how they kind of viewed it but in time the two of them actually started having discussions over this and she was later quoted saying we would have little family talks they began at first with malcolm telling me what he expected of a wife but the first time i told him what i expected of him as a husband It it came as a shock. After dinner one night, he said, boy, Betty, something you said hit me like a ton of bricks. Uh, Here I've been going along, having our little workshops with me doing all the talking and you doing all the listening. He concluded our marriage should be a mutual exchange. Yes. So in 1964, she and Malcolm left the Nation of Islam to become Sunni Muslims and changed their last name to Shabazz. Love. Love And they would ultimately have six girls together one thing that i do remember reading was that betty did say like as much as people kind of put him as like this angry man and all this other stuff she said he was a very peaceful person he just was very passionate, passionate about like, the yeah, like the injustice he was seeing it wasn't that he hated all white people he just hated the experiences he was having from very justifiably a good amount of very racist white people
1: absolutely no i appreciate that Six and girls, though. Wow, that's six amazing. Six girls.
0: <laughs> However, it was during her pregnancy with their youngest twin daughters when the first tragedy would strike.
1: Oh boy, dropping in.
0: On February 21st, 1965, the pregnant Betty with her four daughters in tow, were next to the stage in Manhattan's Audubon Ballroom while Malcolm was speaking to the Organization of Afro-American Unity when, amongst the 400 attendees, there was some kind of weird disturbance that broke out. And as Malcolm X and his bodyguards moved to quiet the disturbance, a man rushed forward and shot Malcolm in the chest with a sawed-off shotgun. (sighs) Two other men charge the stage and fire handguns, hitting Malcolm 16 times.
1: 16?
0: Betty immediately grabbed her children, pushed them to the ground, and shielded them with her body. When something like that happens, you don't know who else they're targeting.
1: Right, absolutely.
0: And one of her daughters actually remembered seeing her mother after seeing that they were safe, then rushing over to perform CPR on Malcolm X. He was pronounced dead after being brought by Stretcher to the hospital that was a block away.
1: And they were all there, the Mm -hmm. whole family. 400
0: people were in attendance along with the family. They were all there. Oh, my God. And Betty is pregnant with twin daughters, shielding them, protecting her. Like, it's instinctive. How old were the
1: kids that were, like... Young.
0: They were young, but old enough to remember, apparently, because I read one of the articles of her saying watching her mother give mouth-to-mouth. That's something that doesn't leave you. No. And obviously, this was a huge shock to the civil rights movement. But what shocked Betty, actually, was the telegram that she received from... Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. In part, it read, I was certainly saddened by the shocking and tragic assassination of your husband. While we did not see eye to eye on methods to solve the race problem, I always had a deep affection for Malcolm and felt he had a great ability to put his finger on the existence and root of the problem. Always consider me a friend, and if I can do anything to ease the heavy load you are forced to carry at this time, please feel free to call on me. Mm -hmm. I mean if he wasn't classy enough That's like so classy. that because okay very 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 abbreviated version of what he's talking about is that Malcolm X's views were often considered to be more of like by any means yeah. necessary approach and
1: violence leaning right yeah.
0: well Martin Luther King is considered more of a non-violent protester. But I honestly think like the two of them, they more influenced each other. They were I don't think that they were like oh we're in opposition to each other. To say that it's really simple and put it as like it's this versus this like so right. extreme. Black and white, I yeah. I don't really think it speaks to the complexity of the two of them and like their upbringings were so different from each other and also the situation that they were in. They were in different parts of the country. They had different experiences. They both saw a problem but they're past was definitely going to influence like how they approach that you're
1: right nevertheless what happened next next?
0: well as we know tragedy would come to the king household as well this is another really uh, i don't know how to phrase this like it's like an unbelievably human and sad fact about like the moments before his assassination did you know that within like the hour of his death he was having a pillow fight in the hotel room
1: what basically
0: (laughs) Yeah, they were there to help protest. Like, they were protesting against the racism that sanitation workers were facing. And so they were all in a hotel room together in Memphis. And somebody, like, kind of sassed Martin and he threw a pillow. And then apparently all hell broke loose. And, like, (laughs) the civil rights leaders are acting like kids and they're just like hitting each other with pillows like uh, there's a leader who was there who was talking about this in like an article about like yeah they're doing this and someone had to like break it up being like guys you have a dinner to get to and <laughs> m- like dr martin luther king's like all right all right i gotta go get my tie oh no
1: red i don't know what I the know. word is for that either but irony like, it's bitter, something that's sad. like because
0: i mean yeah. thinking about it where you're just like right these are people they're not like i mean Yes, obviously like to draw the comparison like Malcolm X was in the middle of this speech and there's like there's almost like this grand moment he's having and someone cuts him down in that moment. And meanwhile, like it's not to say like it's better or worse either way. It's horribly tragic that anybody should be going through this, but like to go from you're having fun with your friends, like not maybe not friends, but like people that you respect enough that you can throw a pillow at them. Um <laughs> <laughs> you know, and be like, oh, I really can't do this with this person. It's like, no, we can joke around. We can be honest. We can have these moments. It's like a very human moment that in this very tense situation that they're in, they could have this moment. And then for that moment to flip so suddenly, because this same day, April 4th, 1968, only three years after his telegram to Betty, Dr. Martin Luther King was shot and killed at the Lorraine Hotel in Memphis. <sighs> I've been there. The the Lorraine Hotel. Hotel, It's now part of like a series of civil rights museums. And so the hotel itself is like part of that. Uh, It was closed when I went so I didn't get to go inside but like it's like one of those drive up motels. Oh okay. So they have like cars from that era parked outside and you can see there's a wreath that marks where he was. The place still feels, even though it's like in the middle of like Memphis and right next to like a barbecue joint, there's this sad energy when you're standing there this is just tragedy upon tragedy and we would need a whole other podcast to talk about how we're still not where we need to be there is still so much racism and violence happening to so many and we're not even reporting it all because it's just not even news anymore right now i'm just urging people to not forget about the black lives matter movement because we right? still have so much work to do it's kind of gotten quiet because we're like oh it's solved now right it's it like was no 2020
1: and then we decided to make content that shows other people than white people oh Okay, we solved it, but then really, did we? (laughs) No.
0: This is exactly what Coretta and Betty thought at the time. Though really only labeled as the widows, the two of them not only would go on to become such leaders in their own rights, but truly understood what the other was going through, which led to an incredible bond between the two women. Let's think about this for a second. They're both widowed with 10 children between them.
1: Jesus Christ.
0: (laughs) And they are facing the scrutiny of so many, I mean... We would have to go into so many other things just to talk about like the FBI, like watching both of these families, like the phone tapping and all this other stuff. There's the Nation of Islam that were basically they're considering like the Shabazz's traitors for turning their backs. And let's not kid ourselves. Racism just didn't change overnight because of the murders of two powerful black men. And now the spotlight is on them.
1: How old are they, by the way, at this point?
0: So at this point, Betty's in her 30s. And I believe Jesus. Coretta had just turned like 41, 40. So young. So young. And so and many like, kids.
1: And right. the world is against both of them. And, it's ugh. an
0: impossible position to be Jesus. in. And yet, these two badasses prove yeah. they are absolutely forces to be reckoned with. Get it. So
1: Get it, girls.
0: First off, Betty, she would not marry again. And she raised her children Yes, again, six daughters on her own.
1: Oh my god. So, Jesus! <laughs> I can't. I can't imagine. I can't following imagine
0: her husband's death, she actually reportedly suffered horrific nightmares and she wanted to isolate, but later said it is impossible to create an environment for children to grow in and develop in isolation. It is an imperative that one mix in society on some level and at some time. And her community came to help her as not only was she aided by royalties from Malcolm X's book, the co-author actually signed over rights to her. The help, wow. but actor and activist Ruby D and Juanita Portier. Yeah, that's right. We're bringing her back that's because, so yes, cool. the wife of Sydney. Oh my they god, they. Yep. They established the Committee of Concerned Mothers to raise funds to buy a house and pay educational expenses for the Shabazz family. This would allow the girls to attend private school and go to camp. They raised like, yeah, I think it was something like $17,000. And again, this is in the 1960s. So that's huge. But Betty herself didn't just sit back. After a pilgrimage to Mecca in 1965, she was inspired and helped focused basically on the people that loved her instead of the people that hated her. And because of that, she wanted to help. She finished her undergraduate degree in 1969. She earned her master's in public health administration in 1970, and then her doctorate in higher education administration at the University of Massachusetts in 1975. Shabazz became an associate professor of health sciences with a concentration in nursing at Medgar Evers. College in New York in 1976, but would eventually work to be the Director of Institutional Advancement and Public Affairs. And not only was she doing this, but she served on an advisory committee on family planning for the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, hosted the New York Convention of the National Council of Negro Women, became active in the NAACP and also the National Urban League and was a member of the Lynx, an invite-only social and service organizations of prominent Black women. She also lectured, occasionally addressing topics as civil rights and racial tolerance. But we're not done. Because (laughs) Coretta followed her husband's death, literally picking up his work. I'm talking four or five days after his death, she would march with the sanitation workers in his place. Mhm. She flew down right. to Memphis? What? Yeah. Girl. Yeah. That's crazy. She like did almost too much to list she built the Martin Luther King Jr. Center for Nonviolent Social Change in Atlanta. It was basically a living memorial to all his efforts. Basically it would become known as like the King Center and in 1969 she became the founding president, chair, and chief executive officer for it. In 1974, she formed and co-chaired the National Committee for Full Employment, formed the Coalition of Conscience in 1983, and co-convened the Soviet American Women's Summit in 1990. She traveled throughout the world speaking out on. Behalf of racial and economic justice, women's and children's rights, gay and lesbian dignity, religious freedom, the needs of the poor and homeless, full employment, and nuclear disarmament. She did this for like 40 years.
1: I'm like, I'm exhausted. Like, what? Go to bed. (laughs) <laughs> oh, my God. She me lent her bad.
0: support to emerging democracies worldwide and consulted with leaders around the world, including Nelson Mandela. She was actually arrested, along with three of her children, at the South African Embassy in Washington, D.C. for protesting against the apartheid. She received over 60 honorary doctorates and served and helped found dozens of organizations, including the Black Leadership Forum and the Black Leadership Roundtable. Like,
1: oh, my God, girls, <gasps> women. I thought this I was place, tired. Like, please holy
0: shit but here's Jeez. the thing wow these two women would often meet and there were frequent visits to the Medgar Evers College and Betty would also go to the King Center in Atlanta as well there is a third woman who was also part of this like trio of friendship I do think we should spotlight her at another point so I'm holding is it on that no it is not <laughs> Okay. <laughs> the thing is though a lot of the friendship was more private they kind of had it behind closed doors because again they're going through so much but Their daughters, Ilyasha Shabazz and Bernice King, actually took to Facebook in 2020 to talk about their friendship. Ilyasha said, I'm so grateful that they had a sisterhood. They could lean on each other. They knew they could trust one another 100%. They both endured and experienced the same kinds of challenges and traumas, but in spite of that, they rose up. Bernice agreed with that, saying they had each other. They could probably look at each other without saying a word and know what the other was saying or feeling because of the similar struggles and the similar issues. What's also nice to hear is like it, it sounds like they also had like a genuine friendship because they also noted that they would just giggle. They love to giggle.
1: Laughter, man. Yeah. Powerful. I mean,
0: Bernice was saying she became a best friend to my mom. More than that, they were like family for the Shabazzes. When they would sign like items over, like, you know, a card or like a gift, she would write, Love, Aunt Coretta. Mm. Like this is this is a, such a bond. So unfortunate that like this would be the thing that brought them together, but also like to stand together like this and to find community in each other and to support each other like this. That's incredible. Things are about to take a very sad turn.
1: Oh, Red, your my heart can't handle. I do I downs. know. <laughs> we just ran a huge high, now we have to go to a low.
0: So like I said, there were a lot of issues with the Nation of Islam. Betty actually blamed Louis Farrakhan, the religious leader, for basically creating an environment for this to happen. I mean, there's some rhetoric, I'm not going to repeat here, where he basically, like the speech he kind of made after his death almost sounded like he was like claiming responsibility for what happened. And Betty was very outspoken about blaming him a lot for what happened to Malcolm X. She basically believed like he kind of helped set this up. And created the opportunity for this to happen. But this anger actually led to her daughter, Kabila, allegedly trying to take a hit out on Lewis Whoa, in 1995.
1: I did not see that coming. Damn. But wait, what was surprising
0: what? was that Lewis actually came to her defense. Huh. Yeah. He was huh? like, I don't think she's capable of this. Like, not in a way of like, she's not capable as a, like something like right. that. But it's like, I don't think she's that sort of person. And because he actually came out supporting the family, it allowed Betty and him maybe not to entirely reconcile because some people were like, oh, this made things better. Other people were like, she just wants to do whatever would keep her daughter out of jail, which is understandable. Right. But it was enough to bury the hatchet to maintain a cool relationship. Wow. And Kabila wow. would actually accept a plea agreement where basically she wasn't guilty of it, but she also accepted responsibility for the allegations. So it's like this in between. And she was sent to Texas for two years for psychological counseling and also drug and alcohol counseling. So her son Malcolm was sent to live with Betty. Well... In 1997, I read a report that said he basically said he wanted to be with his mom. Like he didn't want to be in that apartment. He wanted to be with her. 12-year-old Malcolm would set fire, like a fire in the apartment, (gasps) which spread. Betty ended up being severely burned.
1: Oh my God.
0: Over 80% of her body was affected. And despite intensive care and numerous surgeries, she passed away from her injuries on June 23rd, 1997 at the age of
1: 63. Oh my God god
0: red yeah and the world was devastated to lose her but coretta was especially devastated to lose her friend there's a quote here from bernice saying to betty's daughter when your mother passed it really affected my mother My mother had moments of loneliness and obviously probably felt alone at times. I could feel some of that pain in my mother's life, even though I never talked about it with her. I just kind of carried it. I always wanted my mother to have a place where she could let down and be herself and not have to be Coretta Scott King. The friendship she had with your mother was that. It was a refuge. It was that sisterhood. It was where she didn't have to put on any public face. Wow. Coretta would go on to continue her work, but on January 30th, 2006, she would pass away from complications of ovarian cancer at the age of 78. So Mm -hmm. both women's funerals were highly attended. And it's just, they were so powerful as women. And while the public may have known them as the movement widows, they were so much more than that. They were civil rights leaders, mothers, educators, passionate women, and throughout all this turmoil tragedy frustrations and more they had each other because they were also something so many didn't realize and i think that's what made them even more powerful and wonderful betty and coretta were friends so red yeah oh i love that for them i know cry i I know it's just like it's such a hard it's not something that the two of us cannot imagine because obviously no, we are two white women. We understand. Yep. We will yep. never understand fully what it is like to experience all of this. But that kind of friendship is on a whole other level. And like, I know we talk about like the difficulties that people face in their lives. But my God, like,
1: I mean, is that there anybody is... who has had more than these two? And my yet, God. too,
0: they made such a positive impact on the world that did not treat them kindly. No, they, they were, were so. Oh, it's awful. And for them to still hold their heads high and make a difference and still try and do better for their communities and for their children, all 10 of them, like,
1: Ugh.
0: and it's so unfortunate children. because, again, I feel so sorry for Betty in the sense like her, her grandson was not trying to be malicious, it sounds like. He would end up going to a juvenile detention for arson and manslaughter. Because, yeah. I mean, but yeah. he's 12. He All he knows is, like, his mom's gone. He doesn't understand. There's a lot of stuff going on, even in the 90s. Oh. Wow. So I know this is a heavy topic. And I know yeah. this is, like, it's not so typically important. something. Cause, but it's, no, it's so important to talk about so because... It's still happening. It's still, we're not better. We're not better yet. We we are always three steps forward, two steps back. Like we're really just making one step of progress, but so slowly. And with things going on right now, I know it's so scary for so many people. I mean, I'm in fucking Canada right now. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, there's still so much we have to do. And I know this is a very emotional episode and it's a very hard episode to hear. But you guys, we just need to do better. We love progress here.
1: Really do. That's all, As, we're all about yeah. progress and positivity and dopamine, but also uplifting and
0: yeah, because voice
1: to things that need to we be, have to you know?
0: be we're not just like dopamine without like the context, you know, yeah, where you it's just like, to- all right, like, we yeah. just ignore what's going on in the world. And it's, like, yeah. we hope this is an escape for you guys to come in here and listen. But we're also hoping this is a place to learn and to put out positive messages to do better. And to do that, we have to learn what we have to do better from. And this mm-hmm. is one of those situations so
1: well do you want me to infuse some dopamine with? Some, yes i would, would love that
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> because again a at, bit at the of end, a end of the help. day yeah we
0: are definitely more at the end of the day what we're focusing on here is the power of friendship and holy shit <laughs> betty and coretta there's even right? there, so there is a lifetime movie i wasn't able to watch it because i couldn't get it up here this is a friendship that really should be shown more i think Absolutely,
1: so, it's not known enough. It's always, you know, honestly, no. Obviously, the the boys, the men that are at the front and center, but behind them are these amazing, incredible women that haven't been nearly as spotlighted. And it's about d- time they
0: deserve to, yeah, they
1: absolutely do. I, I like it, when you're listing their, off their friendship too. Like we definitely friendship.
0: need to talk about that. But speaking yeah. of friendship,
1: yeah. Well, okay. So these <laughs> these <laughs> are from BuzzFeed. So get ready. So here an Interesting prediction. We'll say it that way. Um, okay, so here's the scenario: your best friend has committed a serious but non-violent crime and uh-huh. needs your help to cover uh-huh. it up. If you refuse to help them, they will go to jail for 25 years. So, do we love/slash would you rather help them but have to live with a guilty conscience for the rest of your life, or do you refuse to help? And lose your best friend.
0: I think it depends on the crime. I have to be honest because, non-violent, like, but I know it's non violent, but you know, car, if it's like let's
1: say a car, car, oh, if steal it's it. stealing
0: a car, that's fine. I, I'm, I'm <laughs> or, helping my friend. What uh, I'm picturing is like they have stolen someone's life savings. Okay, you know? yes,
1: let's say it's, it's like a white collar crime with money involved in life savings right. and retirement.
0: See, that. Uh, I don't know if I can look the other way, even for my best friend, because it's like, well, what are you doing with that money? Why did you need to take that money? And also, who did you take it from? If you stole it from like some little old lady, Mm -hmm. that's not Mm -hmm. fair. Now if it's a
1: corporation, (laughs) exactly right. Then I start like
0: again. So I, I have to. I feel like I have to recuse myself because I'm like, it depends on the crime. Like if this is my best friend, like if this is you. But I can't imagine you doing like a serious crime. That like, like I'm trying to think of what your serious your serious crime would be like. Letting bandit on people, like
1: yeah, pretty much. That's violent, so it can't be that. So (laughs) it can't be that. But if it helps you feel better, seventy seven percent would help them and live with a guilty conscience. And twenty three percent. What would you do? I would help them.
0: (laughs) Again, I just i I have to know what the crime is because if it's like, although if they did do the whole like we're going to hurt some people you can't tell nobody and blah 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 it's like whose car are we going to take like that <laughs> like the less I know the better I probably would help not knowing okay. what it is it's so just like I need your help I'd be like there You'll but be if it's like oh
1: yeah
0: right because and I <laughs> can no me. offense to my friend but I could be like you did what yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it's again about the crime because there are so many right. ways now that you can still hurt somebody without doing violence
1: Another one is, so your BFF has been dating the same person for five years and Mm -hmm. you've grown close to their partner, though you know that they've been having relationship problems lately and you recently found out that your BFF is cheating on them. So do we love slash would you rather keep your BFF secret? Or tell their partner the truth.
0: I'm keeping that secret. Me too.
1: And 69% not... are wink wink. Yep. I, I'm
0: sorry. <laughs> like, that is not my place to tell her business. I'm going to be like, Agreed. girl. Like... yep.
1: That's her business. I'm not getting yep. involved. So you, I'm you not even what? gonna pretend like
0: that's you and Sean because there's no way in God, hell no. that would even happen. <laughs> God, no, Are you kidding um, me. <laughs> would I cheat on Caboose? Yes, hundred yes. percent I would because he's a fucking cat. A I fucking love him cat. to pieces, but he he's is, my son. He's he is is not son. <laughs> he is not your lover. I have nothing to compare it to, so I can't really yeah. participate. But no, I'm keeping that secret. I am telling her you gotta come clean, but I am not spilling the beans.
1: But here's a one that's really split and I I still don't know what my aunt. well I mean I already Okay. Did, so. Ooh. But so you have two best friends, one you've known since you were born but you've drifted away from a bit and one you've only known for a year and a half but hang out with regularly. You have to pick one of them to be your maid of honor.
0: Would ha, joked on rather- you. I'm not having a maid of honor.
1: Uh, Well, okay. If you are being a traditional bitch, (laughs) if you're a traditional bitch, do we love having to pick your childhood best friend or your current best friend? If you were to do that.
0: If I have to have a maid of honor, I I feel like I would say like the older best friend because if it's a newer friend... But a year and a half is still a decent amount of time.
1: That's a, that's a lot of time. Again, this
0: is why I'm not having a maid of honor. I'm just I, doing, like, it's bridesmaids. It's what we talked
1: about in the first episode, ranking your friends. Just yep. for context for you. So, Alyssa, Oh, my God. I forgot out. that's
0: what we talked about.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Alyssa, uh, she's a BFF since, like, I was five. And uh-huh. here's the thing. We're going to always be BFFs for life, like, no matter what. But she lives in Florida, and I'm in L.A., and that she has a son. And I have a son of a different kind, <laughs> a bandit. And uh, so, yeah, of course, it's, we're not going to be able to talk every day. And it's harder to be maid of honor and run maid of honor duties when you're across the country. Right. So, so Hell, we were both I wasn't number I not even going two. to
0: be a bridesmaid yeah. because yeah. of the fact I was so far. Like, <laughs> exactly. That be was real- like... Literally. I totally understand there's so much responsibility <laughs> yes. with that you and need that's to be why
1: st- the maid of honor needs to be close and so me and her for each of our weddings we were both number two when we would really uh, you know ideally been number one but it's just distance for the, you would have to move case, to Florida Kelly to have that. exactly, <laughs> or vice versa like I would have had to be in Buffalo for her wedding like living there still no 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 because
0: live- uh, yeah, yeah you got well she's building like a little commune with all her friends and family like you're eventually going to end up there because oh,
1: probably I Alyssa mean, oh, so you are the
0: best <laughs> her so much
1: bff but like yeah it's just ended up being just it's a practical decision your bff is not right. your child the bff you need your maid of honor honestly they have
0: so there's many so abilities. many factors and they that. gotta so, be close so yeah. i would
1: say for you red it might be the current new best friend if you, yeah but if again yeah
0: if it came down to it it probably would be the new best friend because i i'm not gonna be doing like the wedding from when i was a child I'm going to do the wedding that I'm interested in now and with my partner. And so I want that to be reflected in that if I had to pick. But as I've said about a dozen times (laughs) already. you just
1: not going to do that at all. (laughs)
0: Nope. Uh, There will be just (laughs) bridesmaids and I will not rank them. But however, I am feeling about them in that moment. (laughs) Yeah. Just be like, you stand there because you're pissing me off. No. That's or gonna come down I too. love your perfume stand closer to me yeah um, exactly. actually <laughs> well you know I want to do the bridesmaids on the groom side
1: yeah I love that so that way brilliant. I can
0: see my friends and I'm not that's looking at brilliant. a bunch of like dudes I don't know really? Right, maybe, maybe I do know you'll but, know like, that you know. you'll know that I, I want to see all my songs. girls yeah. backing up my guy so oh
1: that's so brilliant I'm so I don't know why we don't see that more
0: I don't so know cool. either. Cause, You'll like, just why... have to
1: have the best man uh, like, I, I, on your I'm sorry.
0: I've looked at the back of my friend's heads eight times now as a bridesmaid. <laughs> oh and God, I want to see girl. their face when they say eight I do. Eight times?
1: Like, Jesus yeah. Christ. You're in 27 dresses. <laughs> <laughs> your best friend dreams of becoming a singer. They are planning on auditioning for a singing competition that will be on TV. They are not a good singer. Mm. And no one has told them, do we love slash would be rather tell your friend the truth hurting their feelings and your friendship or encouraging them to go on the show setting them up for embarrassment
0: i'd That's probably honestly be honest but i do it in a way yeah. of like here let me record you yeah so you can see what yep. your performance is looking like how yep. do you think that went what do we need to do to adjust this yes and then Same. if they Brilliant. hear it and it's like Something's wrong with your tape. No, I'm pretty sure it's just the recording. Like, what didn't you like about that? And then maybe we should hold off on auditioning now and wait yeah. till later. I like that
1: method. That's that's really. Smart.
0: But I would have right. to be honest about it. Once you go on TV, that lives forever. Says the girl from the dating show. Ugh.
1: Yeah, girl. <laughs> as someone who has been on a singing competition show, sadly, uh, I wish I hadn't, and I wish someone had told me not to go on it. Wait. <laughs> I'm never going to tell you anything of anything other than that.
0: <laughs> okay, you will tell me off the. Oh, uh, maybe recording. I'll tell you
1: off the. Air, okay, okay, because I did not know this. Dangerous... Oh, I and looked. you have
0: seen me literally date my ex on a dating (laughs) show so (laughs) you owe me fine fine
1: I'll (laughs) tell you off but I wish I had had a you around to tell me not to do it although I did have those two best friends and maybe they were just trying to be supportive
0: yeah, maybe I think I just, it's well-intentioned.
1: Yeah, maybe I just got nervous, because I was but, a good singer. Uh, i in a karaoke league. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Wait, you're in a karaoke league? Did <laughs> you know I'm in a karaoke league? It's over the past six months, you've noticed your best friend has been distancing themselves from you. They don't respond to texts, and they have stopped inviting you to do things. It doesn't seem the same anymore, but you still value that friendship. Do we love, slash would you rather? Tell them you're hurt, because maybe they were telling the truth about being busy or do we let it go because you're not going to beg someone to be your friend sort of like what we were talking about earlier volunteers not recruits which one would you do
0: i would try and have that conversation i've literally been in this position i reached out and the person actually was rather rude i was like hey like can we talk and they were like nope and i was like okay Whoa. And that was that Lovely. And But again they were in that place And I will respect that And I'm not going to put my energy into it And try and force them to talk So I would have the Hey can we talk I'm feeling a little bit like distant And like something's going on Can we like have a discussion And if the friend is like Yeah my um, Things are kind of crazy right now But we should talk That's all I need But if they're going to be like, nope, then it's like, okay, and now I know where things stand. The door is still open if down the road you still want to talk. Yes, I am that crazy that, like, when I say that door is open, it is open for quite a long time. But I'm just not putting that energy into it. What would you do?
1: Yeah, I wouldn't put the energy. I would have that talk and get my answer. Um, And again, volunteers, not recruits. So they would reveal themselves right away with their answer, like your friend did. Or -hmm. a former friend did um, And most of the audience agreed with you on that one as well
0: So Yeah, you gotta Uh, at least try And make that communication, that effort Because if you're just letting it stew It's not going to get any better Passive aggression is so
1: 2023 (laughs) Just go for it (laughs) Get that 2024 energy, audience Do a Kelly and
0: be bold (laughs) Be fucking bold You can't can't expect people to read your mind At least making the effort That's all it is, it's just effort I love it. it
1: Love it. And love it for you. Thank you guys for listening. Well,
0: thank you so much for listening. We know this episode was very long. We love you all. We love Coretta and Betty. And
1: Yes, we love you too.
0: We love people making the effort whether it's for rights that need to be better supported or whether it's making the effort to be there for your loved ones and your friends please don't be afraid to be bold this year and make the effort and speaking of that we would love if you would make the effort to rate review and subscribe oh, look at that
1: oh, she's oh, someone, oh, not me
0: but we love you it's guys so much <laughs> yes don't forget the Facebook. Sorry. Facebook. I- See, this is how very little I do that. No, it's <laughs> like, okay.
1: My mom's loving it. She loves the Facebook. <laughs> but anyways, we love you
0: guys. And Bye we guys. will catch you next Bye. week. And don't forget, keep spreading the love in February. Woo!
1: Thank you for joining us on I Love That For You. Our theme song is by Vaudeville and used with permission. Our cover art is by Jenny Lamb. edited to the best of our abilities by Kelly and Red. If you want us to spotlight someone, have questions, or just want to say hi, email us at ilovethatforyoupod at gmail.com or join us on Instagram at I love that for you pod to join the love fest and see what else we get up to. Episodes are available on Apple podcasts, Spotify, basically wherever else you listen. We appreciate all your love. And if you want to help support the show, please rate review and subscribe to the show on Apple podcasts. This
0: helps us spread the love and reach more people. Thanks for listening. We love you.